welcome. This is Mibbit Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. If you are an e-commerce business and you want to run Facebook ads this year or are thinking about what you need to change, then this episode is for you. Hi, my name is Rachel Claver, and I am the host of Mippet Marketing. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Susie Claver. She's got the same surname as me because she's my daughter, and she's been working with us since the beginning of 2019. Part of her role is to work with our clients to set up their Facebook funnels and on e-commerce, and then also train them in how to use them themselves as they go through. Part of the hard parts with this is that Facebook consistently changes what it's doing and what is best practice. So it does create a few little hairy things when we go to train someone and Facebook changes the whole thing over again and we have to adapt. In this episode, we're going to walk through what Susie enjoys about creating ads, what she finds frustrating and what she finds doesn't always do well that we think would always do well. She's also going to cover what common mistakes we see when people are making their own ads and what you could do to get better results on your ads, which may not actually include the ads itself. We're also going to look at how people can improve their results and what advice we would give you for you to run your own ads. I really enjoyed this, this episode, partly because I got a chance to hang out with my amazing daughter, but also because I know that Facebook ads can be such a hard thing for people when you are running, trying to run your own business. I know for me, the day I could outsource it to Susie, I personally felt quite a lot better as well. So I do understand that. In this episode, we are going to walk through some things you may not understand or follow. If you've got questions, please come along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing, ask questions about this episode or advice, and we can endeavor to help you as much as possible in there. And if you're a regular of the show, you may have noticed that our podcast art and our intro and outros are a bit different. We've had a bit of a makeover. Susie did it for me. Um, So enjoy it. um, And also thanks to my amazing podcast audio editor, Vera, for helping with the intros and outros. Right, let's get started with this episode. Hi, and welcome to Mapit Marketing. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and I've got a special treat for you today. I've got one of our Facebook ads experts in our team with us in this podcast, who also happens to be my daughter, Susie. So before we jump in, and first of all, obviously, Thank you so much for joining and listening. I do need to warn you about this episode um, simply because Susie is amazing, but Susie's my oldest daughter. She has to organize my life a lot because I'm not great at life admin and things like that, which has created an interesting dynamic. She worked with us full time when she um, left school um, and then she's now gone and she'll explain later what she's doing now. And she's working with us part time, but she's used to since the age of two, truly. Would you agree, Susie? Yeah, I think it's pretty accurately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's been managing the practical life skills of my life because I'm not great at that stuff. Like she used to have to like regularly like break in the, the window and like jumping down to things to get in because I left my keys locked in the house. So, so there's an interesting dynamic between the two of us. If you pick up stuff, it's not an HR issue. We have a great relationship, uh, especially because we live in different cities um, and and we, we do love each other. But if you pick up a funny feeling, it's because of that. Would that be fair, Susie? Yeah, I will say that like 
adding can break into second story windows by the age of eight was a weird thing to put on my CV, but you know, I'm appreciative for it. It's seriously, not you are really handy. good at it. Like, I don't yeah, I mean, tell, like, we shouldn't let people know how good you're at it, but you have a special skill. Yeah, I mean, I haven't used it since being an adult, but it's always in my back pocket. Totally. Okay. So, um, so thank you so much for tuning in and Susie, thank you so much. It's an amazing thing for any of my guests to be on here, but I have to say, I'm super excited about this because as I was saying to Rebecca, your sister this morning, (laughs) truly out of all the people in the world, besides my husband, Raj, you guys are my total favorite people in the actual universe and getting to forcing my 21 year old daughter to spend some time with me on this podcast is my a plus plus mother moment of the day <laughs> life hack employ your kids yes employ your kids so you get to hang out, out all the time so tell me Susie tell everyone else about you and what you're doing and why you're doing this stuff with us as well all right um well yeah as my mom said, I'm Susie. Um, I have been working formally for Identify since the start of 2019. Um, I worked full time over my gap year um, and then have transitioned to like part time uh, when I went to uni. So, and I've been doing Facebook ads um, since maybe around the end of 2020, and that's kind of become my primary focus and while I'm at uni. So, of course, uni's only 24 weeks in a year, so the rest of the time I work more hours, but over course of time I work part-time. Um, I study history and English down in Wellington, so yeah. And you, one of the things you like about Facebook ads is, I mean, you do lots of other stuff for us as well, and you are like the biggest wizard when it cam- comes to Canva. Like magic I love Canva. <laughs> By the way, um, for those of you that are watching the video, I just got a new gift from Canva. Well, I bought it. It's not really a gift. <laughs> I mean, it's, the box was a gift. The box was a gift. It has this amazing box. For those of you that can't see it, like seriously, it's gorgeous. I'm going to make a little video to show people, but it came and I'm so chuffed. So um, I love Canva too, but you are a Canva wizard, which helps with Facebook. But really for you, the thing you like, what is the thing that you like most about Facebook ads? Well, yeah, as you say, like, I spend a lot of time on Canva. Um, I really like making kind of unique and specific to the brand, but kind of unique and creative, creative um and kind of having the opportunity to play around and create beautiful ads I really like making the more like pretty aesthetic kind of things um or more or like even more like funny ones like I've got a client at the moment and we're doing her Valentine's Day ads and she has a candy shop so of course Valentine's Day is kind of the best time of the year we also did Halloween and stuff but Valentine's Day really fits in with the whole brand and I made an ad yesterday which may or may not run, but I was playing around and I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to grab some like screen captures from some of the most iconic rom-coms. So I got the Say Anything Boombox one, which, which I know is a bit of a problem. Exa, let me just say, oh my gosh, I can't believe well, you chose that one because Yes, I was, was considering, iconic. yeah, I was considering, you know, the Heath Ledger, 10 Things I Hate About You, um, yeah, which was, yeah, that was, that's a personal favourite. Or, or maybe the... 
Pride and Prejudice proposal scene that I was like, maybe that's just my English major coming through. Not everybody will find that as resonating. Way, yeah. But I was like, okay, the boombox is a safe bet. So like, I put their logo of his, over his face and said, um, we're meant to be together. So creating stuff like that, I really enjoy. Um, and just yeah, being able to create kind of interesting content that reaches each pe- uh, people at different stages of the funnel. Um, we're going to talk about the funnel in a minute and talk about that because some people might go what funnel don't I just (laughs) but one of the things around that and we were talking about this yesterday because we've got a new client um, who might be starting with us and one of the things that she said that she was missing from her other agency was that long copy thing so like while you love the images the other reason you love Facebook ads and doing and this is also Instagram ads by the way everybody because it's the same just to explain Facebook ads means it's also on Instagram um, but it is partly the copy too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a really interesting balance you have to strike when having complementary copy to your images. Because um, some images kind of speak for themselves and it's how to not overwhelm the person going through their feed mm. with a lot of copy and a really like maybe an image that doesn't quite match up what the copy is saying. Um I think that there is an important balance between having this long form copy and short form. Like I find that with reminder ads, so for really hot audiences, they don't really need much at all. Mm. It's kind of like a, we're just thinking of you, kind of reminding them to come back to you. Whereas with cold audiences, they function better with this long form in my experience. And that's more kind of, here's this cool recipe or um, here's something you didn't know about us or that kind of stuff and that's the kind of trust building that works in earlier on um and yeah so finding ways to complement your copy with your images is a bit of an art I think (laughs) one of the things that we we've talked about on the before like you have got clients like um like the candy shop where all the lolly it's actually called the lolly shop the lolly shop the right name I was trying to like protect the privacy I was like it sounds like a uh, the lolly shop I like that one they suit having beautiful ads yeah. it helps them they and do. we've got other clients premium brands the same mm-hmm. thing the more beautiful the image is the better but one of the things you found distressing was that's not all the case always the case no. right it's very frustrating um as somebody who you know I mean I'm a what's it Gen, Gen, Gen Z, Z you know I'm I like the beautiful ads but it took me a while to kind of appreciate that not all businesses are marketing to me. Um, in fact, quite a few of them aren't. Um, I'm not the target audience for like a lawn trimmer or a retirement village. I'm not the one who's looking at the ads and I'm not the one who's going to be clicking on them. So what I think is beautiful doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> and having to sometimes ads that are really simple, basic colors, really easy to read, work really well and that's very frustrating um but you know it is it's an important thing to kind of recognize who your target audience is and sometimes beautiful ads just don't resonate and that's one of the things I think you especially as someone in our team does very well is when you're creating um the animal I've seen I'm gonna use the word funnel again but I promise we'll explain what it means (laughs) When we're creating a Facebook funnel and you're planning it out and you you really work through very carefully kind of what that customer journey is all the way through and what you yeah, need yeah. to do, you actually will create a lot of different ads for the different ones. And why are you doing that then? Like, is it just to wait, you know, waste our time or like, what is the reason <laughs> we're doing it for? 
Yeah, well, this is something I, I noted down as something I think people get a little bit confused when they go to do their Facebook ads. Um, just creating a couple ads and putting them across the board or across the funnel. Um, and this is a, a bit of a, maybe not the right way to go for a couple of reasons. You have to take your customer on a bit of a, on a bit of a journey. It's the same with, with selling. Um, Facebook is just another means of selling your product. And you can't expect, you can't talk to the same way to people who are right about to buy as you would to people who've never heard of you. So with the funnel, and maybe it's a good place to explain what it is now, but we kind of go from the top of people have no idea who you are. They've never been to your website. They don't follow you on Instagram. They don't follow you on Facebook. Never heard of you, but they might be like vaguely interested in something that you do. You have to get this group of people and transition them to be ready to buy. They've added stuff to cart, just haven't committed. They're so close, but not ready. The way you talk to people is going to be different at different stages of that process. And the ad creative also reflects that. So something like a dynamic product ad of all your products works really well with the hot audiences, the people closest to the purchase, because they already know what you do. They're really close to being uh, purchased and then we can show them the thing that they want and they'll click on it. Um, They don't work quite as well in the cold ads because they're very broad, they're very general, especially if you've got a lot of of products. Um, So yeah, the way you, you have to have a wide variety of ads, ad formats, ad short, long copy, all that kind of stuff to suit the stage of the journey you're on. So I'm going to, um, that was such a great explanation. I feel like I almost should have used this like as an appraisal because like I'm really <laughs> reflecting back. Um, but your, um, that would be really, that would be bad HR, I reckon. Yeah, I think if you use this as like a, uh, like my annual how much you know. <laughs> yeah. God, I, I wasn't feeling nervous, but now. <laughs> no, no, I promise I wasn't. I tell you, it's okay. Cause like <laughs> I, I freaking love you. So, and, and okay. more than ways of you being my daughter, I also just freaking love having you on my team. So, um, so when it comes to, um, oh, by the way, guys, one of the things that's quite interesting about being a mother-daughter team is we have very different personal relationship to our business relationship. In fact, sometimes um, Susie's quite comfortable calling me Rachel, for example, whereas at home I'm Ma. Yes, yes. Not mum. No, 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 Ma. Ma. Whenever I reference you in like a business setting, you're Rachel. Um but no, to me, you are Ma. Yes, yes, that <laughs> and is And I got true. all my sisters to do it too. Yeah, she got all of them to call me well, Ma. Yeah, no, I'd say all of them. There's not like a, so not like a tribe. There's two of them. Yeah. All of them makes it sound like there's a lot. <laughs> there's three there's of only us. two. Three of them. There's only three, three of us enough. in total. The tribe is enough. Yeah, that's okay. true. We're a powerful so force. You mentioned dynamic product ad. And for some people who are oh, aware yes. of stuff, they would know what that means. Um, do you want to give an under, just explain explanation? So we need dynamic. The best the, the websites we normally prefer to work with if we're working with e-commerce. So this is an e-commerce thing. Yes, this is specifically. Um, we would normally stores. work with like what is it? Like we would normally work with e-commerce like Shopify or mm-hmm. WooCommerce. Other ones that are easy, but there's lots of other ones lots out of there. Um, what is a dynamic product ad? Okay, so a dynamic product ad is having your website and your Facebook ads talk to each other and having dynamic elements. So these elements draw from your website and reflect, well, can reflect customer behavior. So if I have, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but you know, like I spend a lot of time browsing stuff on my phone. 
And sometimes I'll like, I'll find some like shoes or something. And I'm like, these are beautiful, but they're $300. I don't know. This is a little bit much for me. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And then you're on Facebook the next day and they come up in your feed and you're like, well, this is a sign from the universe. Yeah, it's definitely a sign from the universe. I'm taking it's, it. It's a sign. I have yeah, to, it's definitely a sign. The universe sign. is telling me I need these boots. Yep, it is. So, so that would be a dynamic product ad. What they've done is instead of having thousands of ads that have each product in them, they have made something that like usually it's like a carousel format that shows the product first that I'm most likely to click on. So it takes my behavior on their website and takes it into Facebook and shows me it on Facebook. So that was great. That was a great special. Now I actually saw an ad from one of our clients, Millie's today on Facebook and it did something that I've never seen before on an ad. And I obviously, I know how to do ads and stuff like that, but I'm wondering if it's something you did. It had like, you're like, what was it? It had like a little thing that said low in stock. Yes. Okay. So that is probably, was it? It was a carousel post. It was a carousel post, right? Yeah. And did it say it on the image? Yes. Like a little sticker? Yes. Yes. This is something that is maybe not new, but something I have recently I think found. it's new. I think it might be new. Um, but you can do these overlays on your carousels or also in your collections. And I'll talk about collections later because I love collections. But on your carousels, and you can say, um, say, make the little sticker say the price, or like if it's yeah, had crossed it's off always price. had the price, but I don't think it had, had the stock controls unless I've missed it. Yeah, I think it might be new. Yeah, yeah, and it was might have been something I was playing around with. So I loved it because actually, like in an ad, you know, like one of the things that we talk about that's the difference between e-commerce and and. Um, service based is e-commerce is about igniting that overriding that that mm. I want and turning it into I need yeah. so I was going through and I'm not I wasn't even shopping like I, I love buying from Millie's as you know um and like they've been a client but I also love buying from them and I'm just shopping through and then I hit this that there's a La Cruze ramekins and it said low in stock and I was just like oh, yeah. what I need to get some up I don't even need La Cruze Lemica- but they're Remicans. beautiful. But and they're low in stock. They're low in stock. What if I, what if I miss out? What if I yeah. miss out? Magic. Yeah. So those kind of things, yeah. It's like presenting you a piece of chocolate cake and just got to have it. You're saying, look, if, if you don't want, have it now, it's going to be gone because I'm going to eat gone. in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, Rebecca uses that. Uh, my daughter, your sister, Rebecca, uses that with tiramisu. Oh, is it gone? Oh, it went really fast, yeah. But she was like, if you don't eat your serve tonight, it won't Mm -hmm. be there in the morning. Can't guarantee it in the morning. Can't guarantee it in the morning. So we ate our serve. Um, Okay, so so you talk about what you enjoy about creating ads, and we've talked a little bit about frustrations around sometimes, but what are some things that you do find frustrating with Facebook ads? So I had a little bit of think about this, and we've talked about the pretty ads, and then I kind of had a light bulb moment, and I was like, you know what the most frustrating thing is? I was 14. Oh, I'm sure yes. if you listen to any kind of marketing podcast to do or like any kind of marketing material to do with Facebook ads, you've heard about iOS 14 and it's the bane of our existence. Um, <laughs> but for people who don't know, <laughs> iOS 14, I think they're on iOS 14.5 now, but it's a iOS software. 15, we're up to 15. What? Okay. Yeah, oh I'm gosh. up to 15. Well, I'm on Samsung, so yeah, yeah. I'm not part of the problem. Um, <laughs> so iOS 14 or 15 was a software update for Apple users that came in the start of 
last year. Yep, January 2021. Yep. January 2021. And basically gave people the option to opt out of tracking, which is really good from like a, you know, like an individual consumer perspective. It means anyway. I don't get tracked when I'm doing stuff. You know, it's quite nice from a privacy perspective. However, it is the complete frustration of marketers everywhere because it means we can no longer track quite a big proportion of people um, when they're engaging with our ads. And that means it's really hard to retarget to them. So this impacts businesses in different ways depending on kind of who the market is. So like Millie's, for example, they have a very high percentage of their their audience who's clicking on ads with ios it was like 80 percent or something like it was very high it's very um, high i think the the for new zealand i think 55 percent of people who who have mobile phones have an iphone mm. so it's about half of the people who might be engaging with your ads on average mm. might not be able to be tracked and this means it's complicated when it comes to reporting and telling you how well your ads are doing uh, but also the whole retargeting thing and one of the things I think has broken my heart and I haven't got over yet is one of the things I loved about Facebook is it's always been a beautiful place to get reporting. And I think with dig- like anything with social media, the reason social media is growing for marketing, not just because it's so easy to access and a lot of our social media tools are free, is that it gives you great analytics. Like if I run a radio campaign, they can't say how many people exactly heard my radio Mm. message. They can give you an approximation. But if you're on Facebook, it can say, this reached 6,732 people. And you're like, sweet, that's how many people I reached. With the change of iOS 14, I used to be, like you and I know when we do reporting, we would be go, oh, look, and here's your return of ad spend. And yeah. here's how many people have seen this ad. And here's how many add to carts and how many purchases. And it was a beautiful little total at the end. And I could just quickly do a report. And now it's completely different. And, and a lot of our clients stress out because they'll go, when they're looking themselves, they'll go and look at the campaign level yeah. and, and see nothing's there. nothing going on. And, and, and where is it? Where do they find it? So usually you have to, especially for like warm or like conversion ads, you have to click into the campaign and then go to either the, usually you can see at the ad set level Mm. um, and then count it up. Or sometimes I very rarely, maybe you'd have to look at the ad level, but usually at the ad set level. So that's like the second thing along. Um, Campaigns are kind of structured like an umbrella. So there's a- I like that. Yeah. Well, check out my workbook. It's all on there. Um, <laughs> um, so, like, campaign is at the top, right at the top. And as you move down, you go into the campaign, uh, sorry, the ad sets, and then from the ad sets, it branches off into ads. So you can have all the ad sets under one campaign and then individual ads under the ad set. So you do have to manually go through the ad sets and count it up and then calculate your return of ad spend there. And I think that's that's one of the things I've found quite tricky is that you do actually have to have a calculator out. I mean, I'm not good enough at maths for that. No, and then even then, even when you're doing that, like we've seen reporting where, um, you know, we've got clients where historically they've had a, a one in 10 return of ad spend yeah. and they've, we've known that and their turnover hasn't changed or it's even gone up, mm-hmm. but the reporting says it's now one in five or one in six or one in seven, because it's not, it's not clipping the ticket yeah, and seeing, seeing everything. everything. Yeah. And so it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. So 
with other clients, we've been able to look at their Google Analytics or like their email marketing mm. statistics and see that their revenue is increasing or they're getting traffic from Facebook or from Instagram, but we can't see it on the Facebook side. So if we don't have access to their, their analytics, it's very hard to kind of quantify that they are working. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a big frustration of mine. So I know that one of the things that we say, we're often like, we say occasionally we have clients that if we know that they've got like a really well functioning business and there's a whole lot of stuff going on around their social stuff, sometimes they'll come through to us without doing strategy. But most of our clients, they need to do a marketing strategy mm -hmm. before they do Facebook ads. Um, what do you find with the client? Like when we look at their social and their organic social, what impact does a really good, strong organic social media on Facebook and Instagram particularly, and also maybe email marketing have on ads? Mm. They're really important. There's kind of two aspects of it I would probably talk to. So the first one is you need to have a reasonably active Facebook or Instagram page because of trust. Mm. You know, if somebody clicks on your ad, and you haven't posted since 2018 and you have 14 followers, why would I buy from you? You don't look very trustworthy. People don't seem to be engaging with you. You don't seem to have a very engaged, mm. trusted customer base. So on that level, it's really important just on the whole selling thing. Um, even if you're not running Facebook ads, I think it's still very important to have a strong organic marketing just so people can kind of verify who you are and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other side of it is that we use, in light of iOS 14, we use social engages such as, you know, people who like your Facebook page, people who like your Instagram page and your mailing list to build audiences that serve really well. Um, so if you have a strong presence on both of these sites and you're doing regular email marketing and your email list is really engaged, that means we can make really quality audiences in your Facebook ads. And we can then also make them into lookalike audiences, which basically take all of the data from your people in your either social engages or your mailing list and find people who act very similarly online. And then we can market to those people. And that tends to work very well as well. But you do need to have these like strong, like strongholds in your marketing of engaged people who we can then remarket to. Because I think one of the um, reasons that with social engagement has become so important, and, and I've really thought about this, with the mm -hmm. iOS 14 changes, that social engagement, it's Facebook can track that. Like You're not going off the platform, so it's stuff that they can physically track. They can see it. They're not needing to use a pixel on your website or anything like that. And so that becomes very accurate. And we have seen, haven't we, yeah. clients where that becomes one of the highest converting audiences is the social engagers audience. Pretty much across the board for my clients, the social engagers tends to be the best converting warm audience. Um, and if it stops converting, I'm like, this is a problem. There's something going wrong here. Um, they do just tend to be the highest performing one. And it might be that it's the most accurately tracked. Um, so I usually say, if your social engagers is working, it kind of indicates to us that the rest of your funnel, or at least your ads at the ad level, are doing what they're supposed to be doing. We know that they're hitting the ideal market. We know that your ideal market is engaging with them because we can see the success with your social engagers. And one of the things I, I've just done a podcast before this, Susie, which will probably run a week before yours, um, and it was on hashtags. And I learned something cool. in there. So one of the things that I learned was that 
your hashtags very much have to relate exactly to the content that's on there. So lots mm. of people tell us that, you know, if you're marketing to Auckland or you're marketing to Melbourne, you should have that hashtag in there, but you should only do that if it relates to the content. And I think one of the things that um, I would encourage people to do is if you're marketing to a specific geographical area, create content that specifically talks to that geographical mm -hmm. area, because then you're more likely to get an engaged audience of people who really are your target market. Mm. So, for example, like we, I, I usually run the ads for Identify. You do. Um, albeit sometimes they take the back seat to client work. They do. When they run, <laughs> I do run them. Um, and we, of course, run some, or we at least used to, less so now, but run events throughout New Zealand. And so I'd be the one in charge of running these ads to get people to come to the ads, uh, sorry, the events. Um, and what I found is that when you put, like, the location name in the copy or in the image and make it specific to that region, it gets better results. Yeah. So, like, general things, you know, like, it's, you make it really clear that I'm talking to you, you in Taranaki, I'm coming to see you, and I want you to come see me. And kind of like making it quite specific to who you're talking to. This kind of relates to that whole why you need different ads at different mm. stages of the funnel thing. It needs to be like I'm talking directly to you. Kind of like um, what you talk about with your email marketing. Mm. You want it to feel like they're kind of reaching out. This is a business you can trust and they're engaging with you. And this also links into the why dynamic ads are also really good because it's a personal thing. Like mm. the person seeing that ad that is unique to them, they're saying seeing that product that they're interested in. And, you know. So yeah. um, in terms of like, obviously common mistakes, I think one of the mistakes we made as an agency when we were, um, we, we had like a lot of growth over COVID-19 because we were getting funding and often we'd go, hey, we'll do Facebook ads with you. And we got some people who had amazing results and some didn't. And our mistake, and we don't make it now, is we're quite fussy now mm -hmm. around if you don't have good organic marketing, we don't feel confident and capable that we're going to make a really good impact on you. We'd rather you spend some time and we can help you make that better. And then once that's going, we'll get the results. Because you know, don't you? there's quite a dramatic difference between the clients that have high social engagement and the ones that don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to grow it's and scale. It's very hard. So like one of the things I like noted down for like, why do people get better results for others is they have more website traffic and they have strong organic marketing. Mm. These things kind of, kind of go hand in hand. Um, it's really hard to build a funnel when you have nothing else kind of feeding into it facebook ads can be really effective but they're almost one of the last things to do with your marketing that you should yeah. focus on it should be is my website accessible um is the checkout process for e-commerce simple um do i have all the other stuff that makes a good website like testimonials or reviews really good product images um is my social media good do i have am i posting frequently am i using reels am i doing stories am i replying to people's comments um do people feel like they can engage with me um because sometimes you have people who have like established businesses but on the marketing side they're kind of just getting started they've mm -hmm. they might have an instagram but they haven't posted on it for the past few years or they're posting 
once every four months um, and their audience isn't engaged or their website technically exists but it's very hard to use and it's very mm. hard to shop from um, you're not going to get any success with Facebook ads until you fix that stuff first it's something that you do when you've got all the other building blocks and you have a little bit of a community that you can then grow from um, yeah so I think it can be quite frustrating as a business owner and I know I can feel that it's frustrating as well to st start a funnel and it not really work but it's because all the other building pieces aren't in place yeah um and yeah so as you say we yeah, we over COVID we had quite a few people come through and I think one of my clients were like we love doing your ads, but I think that maybe we should turn them off and you focus on growing in this area. And then when you're ready, come back and we can either turn them on if they're ready to go or do a little bit of a refresh for you. And and that particular client, like I remember when we worked with, I'm just thinking one in particular that you oh, yeah. and I were working with. I don't with. know if we think you're the same. Yeah, I think, but I've watched her really grow. Yeah. She's, she's, she's done, fantastic. If she comes back in six months, it will make a huge impact. And, I, and I do think... There is a timing thing. Um, I, I think if you're wanting to do any paid ads at all, I recommend you learn just a simple traffic ad. And I, I'll mm -hmm. put in the show notes, I've got like a getting started with Facebook ads uh, YouTube video. And at some at one point it shows you actually how to write, do a traffic ad. It's just a traffic ad is basically an ad that it's, um, it's got information and an image and then it's got a link to your website and so what because we want to see is if you maybe there is a traffic problem maybe you're just not getting enough people yeah. to your website but if you're not converting say like for every hundred people that come to that website if you're not resulting on two to three percent of those people becoming a sale or if they're not downloading a lead generation yeah, so getting that, in that touch all that kind of stuff yeah then you know that it's a website or a messaging mm -hmm. problem it's not it's not the traffic and that can yeah. save you a lot of grief. You would agree? Definitely, definitely. So yeah, as the traffic ads, we have kind of different objectives with our ads. Mm. Traffic is just getting people to your site. Uh, conversions is then we wanting them to add to cart, we want them to purchase, all that kind of stuff. So traffic is we just want them to come land and have a look around. Um, but yeah, so it can be a good place to grow that traffic and grow maybe that audience so often this is yeah kind of a, another thing that can be a little bit frustrating is people usually won't be ready to commit on the first time they land on their side on your side they'll usually take a little I know it's so annoying <laughs> it's like come on just buy stuff from me buy something I'm awesome yeah <laughs> but yeah they need a little bit of time to get to know you or to trust you and know your products so if people land on your site the kind of objective isn't for them to then maybe buy something, but it's to like your Facebook page or go follow you on Instagram. And then you can start building up that trust and then hopefully make that sale. So it's you want to get those people into your funnel or like into your net a little bit, into your web, uh, and then you can go through. Like the way you sit into your web, because you yes, know that you you're know, welcome. Like, I've got my yeah. BS Spider Build a Web book coming out later on oh, this yes. year. Shameless plug for it. Shameless okay. plug. You're welcome. Thank you very well. Thank you. I'll send you like a little bonus. Perfect, um, perfect. I don't know what that bonus will be, really. <laughs> Maybe a block of cheese. You're a student. Um, okay. So um, in terms of like sort of things like what, so that 
I guess our advice for running ads for people who are just getting started is to not hit the boost button and learn how to do a traffic ad. Yes, absolutely. And people often say, I don't boost, but we find out they're doing it because they get Mm. told by Facebook to expand the reach or. Yes. yes. But that's a boost. There's a boost. Don't do it. Boosting doesn't give you much control. It's like, I can't think of a good analogy, but. It's so having one piece of the puzzle when you can have it all. Yeah, and I think that there is like we're not totally anti-boost. Having a boost for like or boosting a, a thing for an event, and it's like because it's a yeah. short time frame, or if you've got a short, short, um, short special like Facebook mm, ads, actually sad. run better for longer term yes. things most of the time. Yes, and that's like another common mistake I see is making lots of changes in quick succession and expecting them to work. Facebook, as much as Facebook is like a social media platform and you expect it to be kind of like pro-change and you're like, we're innovative, kind of like a grumpy cat. (laughs) Um, You poke it too much and it's just not going to want to deal with you. I love that. Yeah. It's like you, if you are sitting in your bed and then you move to your desk and then you go to the kitchen, that cat's going to be done with you. Facebook is the same. Um, They don't like frequent changes or big changes frequently mm. so yeah because yeah. how often should you if you want to make it obviously if you've got a typo you can change that yeah yeah how so that's often like should, a small change in your copy yeah but, but if how we're talking often like should you make a big change so say we're talking about changing like your budget your audience um all that kind of stuff you should wait at least two weeks before you can expect to see any like results yeah so and that's like I wouldn't even recommend changing it at that point. Um, but like two weeks gives Facebook enough time to put the thing into review and then goes into the learning phase, which usually lasts a week. When you're first starting, right? Like this is when you're first setting yeah. it up. Oh yeah. no, even even if you make a change, if you've got a funnel ready and you change the budget, it will re-go into learning. Yeah. Or if you change the audience, it will re-go into the learning phase. Um so like big changes that trigger that phase. Um so it takes a week for them to put it into the learning phase and then to get the results back takes a while. And then with iOS 14, um, it was, I've, this is, I don't know if you've noticed this all as well. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, it said it took up to an additional 48 hours for results to show up, but now it's 72 hours. So say I click on, like click purchase on something um, from a, from a shop. It, it might, might not show up in their hours. results yeah. for three days. Because it so used we have to, to factor that in as well. You could change 48 hours and then it was 72 hours. Yeah, it's gone up recently. It is slowing down. And you can still make little, obviously, little tweaks. Yeah. Like turning off. If one ad's really bombing. Oh, yeah. Turn you can totally off. turn it off and those sort of things. But it's more just those big changes. Big, it is a slower change. Either campaign or ad set changes. Ad yeah. changes are a little bit like more okay. Yes. Um, I wouldn't maybe recommend changing everything in your, say you have like everything in your funnel. I would probably re-change all of your ads because that's just going to knock your whole campaign for a loop. Um, But say you wanted to update a photo or yeah, fix a typo or make sure your landing page link is correct. Mm. That kind of stuff. Those are quite small changes in there. They're okay to do. And one thing I think I've said in another podcast before, but we do encourage if you are changing budget, just go up in 20% increments. Yes. 
if you go because it's kind of like blowing a balloon up and you kind of just want to blow it gradually because if you go and put too much air in at once it could just pop it and then it's not working so you do need to kind of have it grow slowly because what happens is is Facebook kind of shows it to another group of people and the further that balloon goes out the less like those people are your ideal audience yeah that's what that bigger budget does and sometimes if it's like a retargeting audience so you give the um, Facebook the rules so you're like okay I want you to show this ad to only people who've added to cart in the past 60 days mm-hmm. if you put in a whole heap of budget it's just going to blow out the frequency so how many times people within the ad set are going to see the ad so if you put in a whole heap of budget but your audience size doesn't change you might end up showing it to them 10 times in a week and if they were really maybe really hot really engaged shoppers that would almost maybe be okay. But if they're in that audience for 60 days and they're seeing it 10 times a week, that's too many times. It is they're too They're going to get times. so frustrated with you. And you probably say, have um, your ad reported. I was in a Facebook group that's full of Facebook ads people um, and one of them said, help, I've just joined an agency. <laughs> She's in New Zealand. I've just joined an agency and they say our frequency should be 21 times. What? And all of us are like, uh, no, four to seven. Yeah. crazy right oh my gosh we're like because we're like oh well it does differ and then she's like it's 21 we're like, nope 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 that's so, yeah, way so too many times so that's three too, times a day people. that's three times a day it's a lot that's okay, too many times so, so i think this has been really awesome I've, i mean i've really enjoyed hanging out with you uh you know this has really just been all about me hanging out with my eldest daughter <laughs> but um if, if people want to work with us like how would they get in touch with us i mean i know but you know yeah, i'll ask well, you, you. You can go to identifymarketing.co.nz or .co.au if you're in Australia. .com.au or contact Rachel at identifymarketing.co.nz. That's me. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a guest today, Susie. I've so enjoyed it because I got to hang out with you. But also, um, I like, what I think is great is that obviously I had a hand in training you um, initially and I also gave you some other things for you to learn. But I've really loved watching you learn beyond some of my knowledge around how Facebook ads work and through your testing, really learn some new ways, especially with the iOS 14 changes Mm -hmm. and have really got your own way of seeing those results. Plus for our clients, I've loved the fact that you've done that organizational thing of breaking into the window of my systems and then made these beautiful workbooks yeah. and things for our clients to use. For they Because one of the things I don't think we said was most of our clients, we train them in how to do their own ads. Yes, yes. And, and so we look, we'll, we'll set it up, we'll look after it for three months and we'll report on it. But as we do that, we're slowly training and handing over so they can run their own if they want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it is possible, isn't it? For even if you don't, you know, you don't have to be like this mega technological wizard. No. You know how to do them once I set I mean, up. I'm not. I'm not a technological wizard. Um, yes. I, my main like focus in marketing is on this content side. Mm. Um, and luckily our other Facebook ads person, Tracy, is a genius. She's a good genius. So, thank goodness for both yeah, of us. Thank God. Because sometimes yes. I'll, I'll find something and be like, I have no idea. So I'll, I'll reach out with you. You'll be like, I've never seen that before. I will contact Tracy. She was like, I've got this. I know. She's amazing. Give me a couple days. Um, But yes, you don't have to be technologic. You have to be like maybe a minimum technologically savvy. But Facebook is actually really user friendly. And if I am speaking to anybody who wants to run their own ads or needs to get started, 
my biggest piece of advice and something I say to my clients as well is don't be afraid to play around with it test stuff out mm. it is it gives you recommendations sometimes and sometimes they're a little bit bad but it gives you places to go their help center is really good um test things out I found that something that I find is really underutilized is collections and I found that by playing around um and we just so talk you about find... collections and you love I, them I know <laughs> I love collections everybody should use collections they're a combination of static or images uh, videos and a dynamic product element and people don't use them enough and Facebook loves them they push them out use collections there we go you got to say it yeah I was like oh no we're gonna end and I haven't said anything about collections they're my bread and butter (laughs) and also it's terrible because I like I normally like will loop back and I just forgot because I was enjoying everything else you're saying Um, thank you so much for being on the show as normal everybody um I will have a little blurb at the end with a few other bits and pieces that you can learn I've made a note to put that YouTube video in for getting started with Facebook ads um you can um contact us for us and also our Facebook group so you can join um and do also if you know you need help with the marketing strategy part um, we'll have a link in there for our my map at marketing strategy school um, which is now live and and you can be part of that so Susie thank you so much for being part of today thank you it was a lot of fun yay I loved having Susie on this episode there are a few things that we talked about that I want to go through with you briefly from here the first thing is It is super important to have great organic social media before you jump into doing ads. There's a whole reason for that. One, it does definitely make the ads cheaper, but also if you can't grow organically from your material that you've already got and you're sharing, then the ads are going to be really expensive to run or may not convert at all. So you need to check that your organic marketing is really strong before you do any other ads and paid ads. The second thing is so many of us are still doing Facebook ads the wrong way. Lots of boosting, um, using one or two ads for everything and they're just seeing the same ads over and over again. The key is to create a lot of ads. You would have heard that and testing. And it's really important if you're going to run your own ads, you learn how to do it right. So there's some information there. Now we have a marketing strategy course called the MyMap at Marketing Strategy School. It's a really good way to just check your overall strategy, make sure everything's functioning right along that customer journey Um, if you know that you need that you're not quite ready to work with a marketing strategist but you know you need it then I would recommend that there is a link to that in the show notes and next week we are talking to an amazing guest his name is Matthew he is the co-founder with his wife of a app called hashtag slayer which I love and I am obsessed with since I started using it it has really revolutionized the way I do hashtags and we're going to talk about whether hashtags are dead because we see a lot of people saying they are and we're going to talk about whether that's true and how to best use hashtags in 2022 look forward to you checking it out then If you love what you heard today, be sure to hit subscribe. And if you love this episode in particular, I'd love it if you shared it on social media. Remember to tag me in so I can say thank you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.